Well, let me say good morning once again to all of you. Welcome to Hope Chapel, and it's great to welcome you here. It's, it's great to welcome one of our former staff members, Andrew Rogers, and his family back today. And Andrew, I think since the last time you were here, you completed a master's degree, correct? All right, I thought you looked smarter, so good job. All right, and welcome back. Glad to have you guys here. It's also great to have uh, David Jackson and his family here today. David is a long-term friend of mine and serves with the Baptist Convention in New England, so we probably just came to make sure that I didn't screw things up today, so it's glad to have him here as well. So, you know, it's not very often in our journey that what our culture is doing really kind of lines up well with something that we should be doing spiritually. I mean, most of the time, our cultural practices and norms are kind of at odds with one another, right? But... When we kind of turn a corner into a new year, even though tomorrow is going to look and seem a lot like today, our society, our culture has this kind of tendency to say, this is a great time to slow down, take stock of where you've been, think about what you need to change in order to create a better future, and then we engage in all these New Year's resolutions, right? Some of you have grown tired of making those because you break more than you keep, right? But, but the, the desire, the intent behind that is really positive, you know? And, and actually, that is something that's really good for us spiritually as well. So I know a lot of you, as you are thinking about how you want 2018 to be different than 2017, we're thinking about various things that we need to be doing in our lives. Some of us are saying, you know what, this is the year I'm really going to start to eat right correct? You know, or, you know, no more McDonald's drive-thrus, you know, I'm going to be getting, I'm going to be pulling up to the raw bar and getting, the, you know, whatever. You're making those, some of it's related to exercise. Some of you are saying, this is the year I'm going to start saving for retirement, right? Or others are saying, this is the year I'm finally going to get my will done or get my will updated. Some of you are saying, this is the year I'm going to finally clean my garage, right? You know, just because it's been going on or, or whatever. Or sort through all those photos that you've built up over the years and what you're going to do. You've got all these kinds of things that we think about, stuff that we need to be doing. And, and actually, you know, it's really a, a thing, I think, a healthy thing for us spiritually. In fact, I think there's an aspect of Scripture that really calls us to have one of those moments where we kind of consider where we've been, Make some choices and out, uh, that will lead us to a better spiritual future. And out of those choices, we make commitments to God and we move into that, into that greater spiritual reality, that greater spiritual life that God wants for us. And that's what I want to talk to you about today. Just to lead us in a process of giving some thought to that and then maybe actually doing that for us today. So I want to start out with probably the most glaring example of when that took place in the scriptures. And it's in the book of Joshua. And I'd love if you, had a, if you have your Bible with you to turn to the book of Joshua, the last chapter of the book of Joshua. If you brought your own Bible, the book of Joshua is kind of towards the beginning of the Old Testament. You work through the first five books, Genesis through Deuteronomy, and then you'll bring yourself to the book of Joshua. For those of you using one of our pew Bibles, our text today is on page 200, and exactly right on page 200. Like we are going to experience today a transition from 2017 into 2018. How many of you are going to be like me? It's going to take you at least till March till you start writing 2018 whenever you have to sign anything and date it, right? It just takes forever to kind of make that adjustment, right? Well, the people of God are going through an adjustment here. They've already had a long journey. And in fact, in the beginning of chapter 24, God stops them long enough 
And he uses Joshua to, to, to review, to consider where they've been. And he goes all the way back to the days of Abraham. Back when Abraham's family wasn't even living in the promised land. And he talks about how they were led into the promised land. And then, then how Jacob and his 12 sons were taken down into Egypt. And it was in Egypt that they, they grew into this big nation. What we come to know as the Israelites, the Hebrews. And they became this nation. And he talks about Moses and Aaron being used of God to lead them out of Exodus. Uh, to lead them through the Exodus to come out of Egypt. And how they had wandered in the wilderness. And then that when they were on the east side of the Jordan River, the, the part today that would be parts of Israel, a little bit maybe of Jordan and Syria, but some of them had settled in and, and then God led them across the Jordan River through the battle of Jericho and they, they took the promised land under the leadership of Joshua who was speaking to them. You know, they, they, they moved from being on the, the east side of the Jordan River and they, they literally took possession of the land. They didn't drive out everybody, but they were able to take control of the land all the way over to the Mediterranean Sea, as far south as the Sinai, all the way up to the northern part above the Sea of Galilee. And they had entered into the land and they had settled in and God had kept his promise to them. And so he's leading them to remember all these things, to consider all these things. But in the midst of all of that, he's also highlighting to them that, that that journey always hadn't been seamless. There are many times along the way, even though God was doing these incredible things in their midst, they kept kind of fighting with God. They, were, they weren't in sync with God. And we have the whole experience of the things like, you know, you know, the people prevailing upon Aaron to make the golden calf, the way that they engaged in other forms of idolatry and immorality and whining and complaining about God and on and on. And and Joshua now recognizes that these people are at, at, a, at an incredible moment. Because what's ready to happen is Joshua's ready to pass off the scene. His, his tour of duty is about to be over, and he's going to receive his heavenly reward from God. But the future is going to be different than the past. Because under Moses and then with Joshua, they had this intermediary who stood between God and them and provided leadership. And they said, now... God is ready to be your direct leader. And you're going to be the one who has the responsibility to do what is right in the eyes of God. No longer are you going to have a leader like me who's going to say yes and no, but you're going to have the responsibility to stand before God directly yourself and decide this is how we're going to live in the land. So out of all of that they have considered, Joshua challenges them to make a choice. So let's pick up this text in, in verse 14. Therefore, and that one word refers back to all that's gone on in the first 13 verses of Joshua 24. He says, fear the Lord and worship him in sincerity and truth. Get rid of the gods your ancestors worshiped beyond the Euphrates River and in Egypt and worship the Lord. But if it doesn't please you to worship the Lord, choose for yourselves today. Make a choice. Choose for yourselves today the one you will worship. The gods your father worship beyond the Euphrates rivers or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you are living. As for me and my family, we've made the choice. We're going to worship the Lord. And all the people replied, we will certainly not abandon the Lord to worship other gods. For the Lord our God brought us out and our fathers out of the land of Egypt, the place of slavery, and perform these great signs before our eyes. They're remembering, they're considering what God has done. He also protected us along the way 
we went. And among all the peoples whose lands we traveled through, the Lord drove out before us all the peoples, including the Amorites, who lived in the land. And we too will worship the Lord because he is our God. But Joshua told the people, you know, you're not going to be able to worship the Lord because he's a holy God. He's a jealous God. He will not remove your transgressions and sins. If you command, if you abandon the Lord and, for, and worship foreign gods, he will turn against you. He'll harm you and he'll completely destroy you after he has been good to you. No, the people answered, we will worship the Lord. Joshua then told the people, you are witnesses against yourselves that you have, that you yourselves have chosen to worship the Lord. And they said, we are witnesses. Then get rid of the foreign gods that are among you and offer your hearts to the Lord, the God of Israel. So the people said to Joshua, we will worship the Lord your God and obey him. And on that day, Joshua made a covenant for the people at Shechem and established a statue and an ordinance for them. You see in this text three elements, and I'm going to be enough of a preacher this morning to turn them all into seas, right? You know, the first thing they do is they consider. They consider where they're at. They've considered where they've been. They've considered what God's done. A better word might be the word remember, but it doesn't start with C. So we're going to use the word consider, right? They remember where they've been. They, they consider what God's done. They, they take stock of where they're at. They take stock of their opportunities that are before them. They, they, they slow down and they consider. And then Joshua calls them to make a choice. You can either do life God's way or you can do it some other way. What are you going to do? He calls them to make a choice. And once they have made that choice, they establish a commitment. The scripture here at the end uses the word covenant, right? And, and, and he said they enter into a contract, an agreement. They make a commitment to God. I got to tell you, this whole process that we go through at the, end of a new year, at the end of a year and preparation for a new year, and we think about the things we need to do differently, it's really healthy for us to do that spiritually. Now, we're not going to face a significant moment of transition like the people of Israel in these moments. We're not going to lose a major leader and all of a sudden be on our own to figure this all out on our own on how we're going to be faithful to God and what is it we need to do in order to be obedient to him. We're not going to face that kind of a challenge. But this, this moment of transition that's going on, we can use it for us to do the exact same thing. We're, consider where we are spiritually. Make a choice and then commit. And that's what my challenge is to you today, is to consider where you're at, make a choice, and then commit to it. Now, I want to say a few things related to this, so we kind of just kind of pulling it all together, you know, so we, 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 we kind of get it in place with each other. First of all, you know, some of you think, you know, I need some time to do this, and some of you may, but I want to tell you up front that I think for most of us, what we need to do is obvious. You know, as soon as we slow down for just a moment, we know what it is that we need to change. We need to know what it is that we need to commit to, what we need to choose. And I think that's because of the way the Holy Spirit works. You know, Jesus, in the, in the last night of his life, when he's teaching the disciples about what's going to come down the road, and they got all these questions about how things are going to happen, he said, you know, just chill out, right? He said, I'm going to send you another counselor. 
And when the moment comes, you're going to have the words to say. He's going to be present and in real time working. And his whole job as he works, not only in the forefront but in the background, is to keep us in a place where we're considering what's right in God's eyes, what's not right in God's eyes, and bringing a sense of conviction or judgment. You know, he said, Jesus said, you know, the Spirit's going to come into the world and he's going to convict the world concerning sin and judgment and righteousness. And that role goes on. And most of us, we know right off the top of our heads what it is that we need to do. Because the Holy Spirit's been working in us, speaking to us, and we know, and it's, it's this low-lying, eye-level fruit that all we have to do is reach out and grab it. Now, sometimes I think you need to go a lot deeper, and you need to spend some time in, in a long period of reflection, and et cetera, but I think for a lot of us, what we need to do is we just need to step into it and make those choices. The second thing I really want to, put out to point out to you is the nature of what that's like for us. You know, in New Year's resolutions, we talk about, all right, I'm going to stop doing this and I'm going to start doing that. The Bible uses different terminology, and it's probably different places you could look, but, but I, I'm a big fan of the Apostle Paul, and I love the way that he puts it. When he talks in Ephesians chapter 4, he says, you know, you have this new life in Christ, so this is what you need to do. You need to put off the old self, let your mind be renewed, and you need to put on the new self. The nature of what you and I need to do in order to take this next step with God, to, to kind of change the trajectory of our spiritual direction, is simply to figure out what is it that I need to put off? What do I need to stop? And what is it that I need to start? What do I need to put on? It, it's really not any more complicated than that. You know, for some of us, as we think about, all right, what, what do I need to put off? You know, and, and, and that could run in lots of different directions. Some of you may be struggling, you, you, you know, you, you've just had this kind of this insipid kind of sin that's kind of crept into your life and it's there and, and you know it and you feel conviction about it all the time and it could run the gamut from pornography to, to smoking, you know, it, it could be across the board. Others of you, you know, just say, you know what, I, I, I just know that this past year I had, I, you know, I just, I just developed a real critical spirit. I didn't like anybody or anything. Others of you, you know, you say, you know, just, this is one of those years where, you know what, stuff became so much more important to me. I became much more materialistic, and I just, I just need to stop that. You know, there's lots of different things that you can look at, you know, and, and, and some of it we, we know right up front, this is what I need to put off. This is what I need to stop. And then we need to think about what it is that we put on. What is, how do we put on this new self? What do we need to start doing? Some of you right off the bat will say, I need to pray more. You know, I, I don't hardly ever pray or whatever. Some of you say, well, let, me, let me kind of give you four categories I think you could really think about. Some of it's reach. What do I need to do to be the light that God's called me to be in the world? Some of it may be connect. How is it that I need to connect with the people of God in ways that I haven't connected before? Some of you say, you know, my, my connection with other Christians, my connection with a life group at Hope Chapel or coming to worship has become kind of spotty. I don't really prioritize it. That's something I really need to change. Or maybe just your attitude about worship needs to change. It's like, you know, I come for what I can get, you know, and hey, if I can get that online, I don't need to really show up because my presence you know, and we need to understand that our presence here is not just about what you get, but it's about what you give, the encouragement to other people. I got to tell you, when people show up on a Sunday morning and they see a lot of empty seats, it's not encouraging. 
right? But a lot of us say, ah, you know, that's somebody, you know, it doesn't matter. I'm listening to it online on Tuesday. What's the big deal? It makes a difference. Some of us, we know exactly what it is that we need to start doing. Steve was talking earlier about giving. Maybe that's an area. But I think a lot of us, we already know. When we just slow down and we give it, to, the Holy Spirit brings it right to the forefront. This is what I need to stop doing. This is what I need to start doing. Some of you may be something as simple as, I need to read the Bible every single day. That's just something you don't do. And there's lots of different things that can come up. The last thing I really want to emphasize before we get into this is the absolute criticalness of doing this. The absolute criticalness of doing this. I think sometimes or another we think that we can just kind of thoughtlessly wander through our spiritual lives. And I don't think it works that way at all. I think one of the most specific and prominent characteristics of the people who walk closely with God is intentionality. And here's why I say that. I'm going to read a passage to you that's probably the most troubling passage to most of us. It certainly is to me. Of all the things that Jesus ever said, just listen to these verses from Luke chapter 14. If anyone comes to me, if we want to walk with Jesus, we want to live with Jesus, we want to make our lives about Jesus, he says, and he does not hate his own father and mother. Let me use it, read that word again. And does not hate his own father and mother, wife and children, brothers and sisters, yes, even his very own life. He cannot be my disciple. What Jesus is saying to us is that there's a lot of good things in our lives they're going to spiritually get our priorities screwed up. Right? They're good things. Having family is a good thing. Loving, honoring your parents and being a good spouse and being a good parent. All, all those things are wonderful in the eyes of God, but it is so easy for us to get our spiritual priorities out of kilter. And Jesus says, you know what? So your, your, your intentionality, your, your commitment to following after me has to be way up here and all the other good things needs to be down here. And one of the reasons why we need moments like this is because sometimes our wife becomes a little bit more important than God. Or our children become just a little bit more important than God. Or our parents become just a little bit more important than God. Or our our jobs become just a little bit more important than God. And the list just kind of goes on and on, right? They're all good things, but they become competitors with what is best for our lives. And so you and I need to have these moments where we back up and say, how is it that those priorities have gotten out of balance? And what do I need to stop doing? And what do I need to start doing? What do I need to put off? And what do I need to put on in order to make sure that my spiritual future is richer and closer to God than my spiritual past? And it it literally comes down to that simple of a commitment. I think that's why Jesus said to us, you know what? It, you know, if, if anyone would come after me, he's got to take up his cross daily and follow me. There's a need for us to make that commitment to go forward. So that, that's what I'm going to ask you to do. When you came in this morning, every single one of you got one of these white cards. Did anybody not get a white card? Do we have any of these left, Tim? Any white cards hanging around? All right. Everybody got one? So here's, we're going to give you just a moment to consider choose, and commit. This is just between you and the Lord. There should be pens there in your seats. If not, you know, people can share them. That. So just, just simply answer the question, what do I need to stop doing in 2018 
in order to get closer to God, to be more faithful to God, to grow in Christ. Some of you may say, I just need to stop not believing, and I need to choose to start believing in Christ. Then also just, to, what is it that you, you, you need to start doing? Again, I think a lot of the stuff, it's right there. It's not going to take brain surgery to figure it out for most of us. It's simply, it's right there. We know what we need to stop doing, what we need to start doing in order to get closer to God in 2018. And I'm going to invite you to just place this on, write it right on this card. In just a few minutes, we're going to, we're going to sing. And, and as an act of commitment, I'm going to ask you to just to bring it down and put it on the, on the altar table, on our communion table. Just, just as an act of covenant between you and Gordon. Fold it over, put it on here. I'm going to scoop them all up after the service is over. I'm not going to read them, but I'm going to take them into my office and keep them under lock and key until January 1st, 2019. All right? I'm going to keep them bundled up, and I'll pray over them on a regular basis. I don't know how much good that is. God probably listens to you more than he listens to me. But I'll give it a whirl for you as I pray for you. But, but it's just symbolic of the fact that we've made this covenant, this commitment to God. And this is one of those wonderful moments for you, like the people of God, in Joshua 24, to say, this is what I choose to do, and this is how I'm going to commit to it. And I invite you to do that as we begin 2018. Let's pray together for just a moment, and then we'll enter into our time of response. God, you are living, and you are active. There's not a single thing about you that's past tense, but you're current. You're with us here today. And you are working to create the future that you have for us. God, I pray in these moments that your spirit would actually do what Jesus said it would do. That would serve as our counselor. God, in just a few moments that we have to consider and to choose and to commit, I pray, Father, that you would draw us closer to you so that we might be a people who are truly faithful to you. So God, for, I pray for each of us today. Let this be a moment of spiritual transition, a place where we fully take and possess the promised land that you want to give to us as your children. For this I pray in Jesus' name. Amen.